This is Today's Business Leaders, actionable advice from real-world professionals. And now, here's your host, Gabe Arnold. All right, today I'm very excited um, that we have Hike Tadavosian on with us, um, and uh, Hike was actually referred to me from one of our other guests that we have had on earlier on the show, uh, Vlad, um, on an earlier episode. And so one of the things um, that Hike was going to share with us today is a rule that he has, um, uh, the five-year rule in business. So I'm very interested to, to listen to his input on that. Um, but before we get to that point, uh, Hike, just tell me a little bit about um, kind of how entrepreneurship started for you when, when that kind of sparked in your life or in, in your mind and, uh, you know, where it's led you, you know, to where you are today. Sure. Sounds good. Thanks, Gabe. I uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Um, it's been a kind of a longer journey where I, I don't want to call it luck, but life kind of forced me into this entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, my family moved to the United States 16 years ago from Armenia, where I was born. And before even that, my father went between Russia, Moscow, back to Armenia and a couple of different countries looking for opportunities because where I come from, there's not much middle class. There's no, you know, hard work does not make you lucky where we come from. Connections do, right? So you can you can plant all the seeds you want in the desert, but you will not grow a tree. It doesn't matter how much water you want to pour on there. Kind of that's where the mentality state was in my home country. When the American dream kind of opportunity came up and this popularity thing grew in Armenia where I go to America, work hard, and you can make a name for yourself. So my father applied for visas, and it was me, my uh, brother, my sister, and my mom. So they only granted a visa for two people. So naturally, he took the oldest son. My younger brother was five years younger. So him and I came to the U.S. back in 2001, kind of thrown into the country with no, not much connections, not much money, uh, not really knowing what to do. So naturally, my father took any job possible, whether it was construction, delivering pizza, pamphlets here and there, and he took me with him. So I, I never knew what a stable job was. My father never had a nine to five. He always overworked, always underpaid. Um, it took seven years between uh, from the date my father and I came to the U.S. for the rest of my family to join us. So seven years of kind of hardship for my life to know that one day, everything you have going on for yourself can be taken away. And it's truly kind of what happened with me. My mother, my sister, my brother left in Armenia. We didn't have enough money for attorneys. Our visa paperwork didn't work out so well. So literally, I was taken away from my family for seven years. Learned a lot of good, tough lessons, which means life doesn't really care about whiners or complainers. So <laughs> yeah. learned, to very, learned to become very tough. I, I realized, you know what? Uh, the saying my football coach told me in high school, that excuses are like buttholes. We all got them and they all stink. Nobody cares, right? So became thick-skinned. Uh, grew into owning a business with my father. I opened up a construction business, which I still owe, own on the side. Um, got very good with people. And about age 20, uh, actually age 18, right out of high school, I started working for an insurance local business right by where I used to live in Kent, Washington. Um, my goal was just to get a job, so I worked for this small office. It was kind of nice to be inside of an office, to work with paperwork, be in front of a computer, not to be out there doing hard labor. So I gained experience, and I worked for this local agency in the insurance and financial service business for about three years. I turned 20, 21, three years into it. And Gabe, have you ever seen that movie called Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? Yes, I have. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. So when I watched it, it probably my the most favorite movie because I can relate to it the most. That was my life in my early 20s. 
uh, poor, no money, just a bunch of ambition, had a lot of grit. At that time, I actually came up to my boss, uh, and I, I mean, he was the owner of the agency at the time. I'm like, hey, what do you think about me owning a, you know, my own insurance agency? I want to open up my own firm. And he kind of looked at me and laughed. He goes, dude, nobody's ever done it at your age. I mean, they're looking for people with MBAs, VPs of like sales, a lot of background. And those guys don't even make the internship. Out of 500 interviews, they select like five candidates. Out of, you know, 10 qualified candidates, maybe two become interns. And out of, you know, maybe 10 total interns, you know, four make it into the business. I'm like, well, let me try anyway. I'm tired of working for you. So anyway, <laughs> he kind of sent me out to this interview um, and he knew I was going to fail. He didn't want to also let me go because I was a pretty good employee for him. I ran pretty much his whole business. I helped him out with motivating the staff and hiring and, and producing. So I went to the interview. I passed. You know, second set, they threw me again. I learned that, you know, success is often not necessarily anything other than solving enough problems. And every problem that was thrown, thrown my way, just through sheer hard work and grit, I completed it. Interview, did well. Uh, they asked me to build a business plan put together a 50-page business plan, and then went to another interview where the VP and a bunch of seven people were interrogating me for two hours. Passed it as well, and then got to the internship. And the internship was a nine-month-long internship where it started January of 2010, and I was scared to death, Gabe, honestly. When I'm sitting in the room, I'm 21, average age is like 40 in this room, 35, 40. So a bunch yeah. of accomplished, successful <laughs> business people, some more like high-position bankers who were tired of working 60 hours a week, so they, you know, even though they were making two, three, four hundred thousand a year, they were giving up that income to open up a business that has the potential of that much and more income in the future, right? So they were taking big risks to buy time back. So to me, it was just like, yeah, I just need an opportunity. I'm not, you know, doing this fancy math of lifestyle and time with family. I was a single guy. What did I know? So internship started. I had no hope of graduating because the we had to take our investment licenses, the mortgage license, finish up all the different things that I never thought I could even pass. So. First 90 days into the internship, you know, a bunch of people got cut. I was still there. I passed all the exams, finished the investments, securities test. Um, nine months came up, and then uh, during the internship, the executive of the area that was giving me the opportunity kind of laughed at me as well. He's like, you know what, dude, we don't have anybody your age, so I'm going to give you some hard tasks. One of them is I need you to come up with 2,000 names of people that are going to sign up and become your customers when you open. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to get that many people? I already worked in the insurance business for three years. I signed up all my friends and family already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people have of their own families, a couple hundred people. I've got nobody. He goes, well, you know what? Figure it out. Or I'm not going to let you graduate from the internship. But during the internship, during every lunch break, and after every internship class where all my buddies would go eat lunch, grab a beer, it was a good thing in my life that it goes something like this. Pain from discipline weighs much less than pain from regret. So I learned I'd rather be disciplined now and let it be painful, then a year, two, 10 years from now, I regret the fact that I missed this opportunity. So I skipped lunch breaks. I cold cold for my cell phone. I graded my cell phone to the maximum unlimited plan back then, which I couldn't even afford. Um, I sat after each internship class for three hours and I would dial about 150 phone calls every night, every night. And I remember nine months went by. Um, I go to my final interview and we got the couple of the area executives and they're just looking to grill me and I'm just like nervous and I only have 1800 names. I do not have the 2000. So I have like Excel spreadsheets. I have handwritten documents. I have the entire phone book that I went through with handwritten notes on every single page. And I put it all in front of them. I'm like, here you guys, this is my, I got 1800 and some, some numbers. They look at my stuff and they're like, you're good. Approved. I'm like, you guys are not even going to check. They're like, hi, we've been watching you make the phone calls calls. 
we've gotten some good feedback. And from what we know, um, nobody's ever even gotten 1,000 names. So you almost doubled our top number we've ever seen. I'm like, thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Lesson from from one of the guys in that group that became a good mentor of mine. He said, you know, those 2,000 names or the 1,800 names are nothing compared to the habit you've developed over the last nine months to hunt people down, to have grit, and to work hard. So, um, you know, check that off. Open up the business. Again, 20, 20, I'm 22 at the time, and I had to hire people. It was part of my agreement. I had to find a lease. I never signed a lease in my life. I have a five-year lease now. I've got an office full of furniture, and, and you know, the company, they're so strict because they, they fund all that for me. They, give, they pay for all that. They spent more than a million dollars on the approved candidate agent for the first year. They wow. give me money. They pay for payroll. They help me with all these different things. And then I realized why it's so hard because they don't make it easy, right? Um, yeah. So month one, month one goes by, and we have a good first month. I'm like, wow. So it's not as bad as I thought. Month two goes by. We have a better month. Month three goes by. We're leading the entire territory. So month six, month nine, and first year ends. And I'm kind of looking at my bank account. I'm like, I have never had so much money in my life. I never thought I would have so much money in my life. And we became the number one office, not just in Washington, but the entire West Coast and far production acquisition of raw new customers. And of course, what did I know at 22? I went and cashed out my dream car, bought myself a BMW M5, just because I wanted to blow the money on something else stupid. What did I know? I should have put that money into like a rental house. So <laughs> yeah. long story short, uh, seven years later, I still have one of the highest functioning uh, offices here in the area. Um, I've learned how to transition from working in the business to working on the business. And my five-year rule was born as I was publishing an article for an outside business speaking engagement I've been involved with. Um, It's more about talking about how do you stay sane, how do you keep your business getting better every year and not getting worse because you're getting tired of it. So I came up with this, I know what to work on, you know, first year and then by year three, what you should do and what you should do by year five which is the successful transition from in the business to on the business where you're now creating jobs. You're not focusing on the business as much anymore. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm managing the business and my team, and my team is managing the customers, and I have this strict rule. And every time I coach and I help out a new agent or a new person in the business, um, this rule has been relevant to pretty much in every, not just insurance industry, but other businesses. And I have family and friends that have other businesses such as uh, franchise businesses, restaurant businesses. Uh, marijuana business became legal in Washington, so a lot of peers that I've known got into that business as well. And I've noticed each one of them that actually used my five-year-old, they became successful, and they're happy with what they're doing. The ones that don't, they make money, but they're miserable. They hate themselves 50 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what an amazing story, and uh, it's, it's really interesting. I'm reading right now um, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone, because I'm uh-huh. personally, I'm kind of at a, at a you know, place where you know things have been growing and everything's fantastic but i'm i feel like i'm really hitting a hitting a ceiling um just because of like structurally where i'm at and you know two things that you shared really stood out in that you know kind of in that realm for me one really having the grit and determination to just do more than everybody else you're exactly right it's it's like the it's like the pursuit of happiness movie or it's you know you can look at a lot of examples of people that ultimately were, were you know successful and just the time that you put in that alone improves your ability to to find a way to succeed and and basically you know you you more than doubled like you said um what anybody else has done and you were just willing to put in the hard work and i think that that's a really good point to bring up and a really important part of your story because everybody 
two two things happen. Everybody's conditioned to only see the positive parts or the flashy parts, or they see when somebody gets the new, you know, BMW, or they, you know, they're out living the good life. Um, you know, it's easy just for our mind to be attracted to those things. But additionally, there's just not enough highlight or focus on, you know, what it actually took to get there. And so I'm really glad that you shared that that part of your story because putting in the time and doing more than everybody else is willing to do and just working harder is a true, you know, path to success because you learn a lot and you gain tons of contacts and you just can out, you can outperform everybody else that's just doing it at regular speed or half speed. So. Mm-hmm. And you can replicate in, in most things. You know, my side story, my brother is a, a, a was a professional cage fighter. He was one of the best grain fighters in the West Coast up until last year where he gave up the business. He realized there's not much money in there. You know, one thing he shares is um, everybody wants to have their hand up in the ring and people screaming their name, but nobody's willing to train. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. And what you touched on a little bit, but let's dive into it a little bit deeper. Um the the five the five rule in business i know you talked about kind of at the end you're transitioning into working on the business and not in the business but go into that in a little bit more depth what what is it from day 1 and year 1 to what are the what are the progressions or steps to to be where you're at today obviously well beyond the five year rule and and really running a successful business tell me more about that uh, of course um so again, that was more of a i i came up with it because I've been, I've done a good job of not trying to reinvent the wheel. Because every time I try to reinvent the, reinvent the wheel, I learn not to do it. Because somebody's already done it, and you burn often a lot of energy trying to invent things yourself. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I've established a good group of mentors that I'm never too good for asking for advice. So I realized the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And the time I thought I had everything figured out was a time when I thought I had everything figured out. I knew everything, which was honestly probably the least favorite part of my life when I figured, you know, I'm, I'm a 21-year-old kid. I got everything figured out. Now I'm realizing, boy, I was wrong. I knew nothing, right? So I was very good at asking for advice, and I would always call my mentors. Hey, what are you working on? What are you doing? And they were kind of doing it as well. They are transitioning to on the business, but they weren't really um, focused on it as much as I wanted to be. So when I went back and kind of retraced my steps, and I just wrote a book. I finished uh, writing it. I'm in the final phase of editing. The book is going to be called Mind Control, but pretty much talks about 14 habits of, of how through your own mind control you can create all these different uh, success factors in life. Uh, hopefully, we can go live with the book in January. And one of the awesome. things that I wrote uh, was part of it that talked about my five-year rule. Um, wh- when you write things down, you put them on a piece of paper that ba- make better sense. Like in jiu-jitsu, uh, good gyms, before they allow you to become a black belt, you have to work your way up to brown and teach somebody else to get up to brown. The reason why they do that is because when you teach your craft, you learn to master it. So when I started teaching, I I learned mastery of my craft. And what I learned was often we attract in the business what we are, not what we want. And unfortunately, that's a good and a bad thing. And here's why I say unfortunately. If you are not hardworking, if you are not motivated, if you don't listen to podcasts or read motivational books, if you don't exercise, if you're not positive, you dwell upon the negative all the time, you're going to attract people that are comfortable around you to experience those things such as negative staff, complaining staff. And my epiphany was when years ago, one of my friend's father who was an accountant calls me and says, Ty, I keep on hearing from my son. You've got wonderful staff. You guys are just killing it out there. Your numbers are good. And you're barely at the office. Like, how do you do this? Because I'm working 70 hours a week. I'm barely keeping up. I'm drowning in paperwork. How do you find this good team? 
you know, my response to him was not something that he wanted to hear, but I said, you know what, often you attract what you are, not what you want. Because the question you have to ask yourself, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? If you're the person that shows up on time and leaves on time, your staff is going to show up on time and leave on time. That's why the very first phase of the business, which is, I think, very crucial to the foundation of most businesses, within the first one or two years, everybody needs to work on becoming absolutely the best they can be at the craft itself. It's so good that when you replicate yourself, it's a blessing, not a curse. Because if you suck at what you do and you replicate yourself, now you've got two people sucking at what you do. And three people, and four. Now you've got an organization of 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 people. None of them are good. And often what I'll learn, if I replicate myself in a business, they will never be as serious and as good as I am. And I don't want to say they're not as intelligent, they're not as hardworking. It's because their name is not on the door, right? Right. So if you want the people to work for you or with you or partners, and you want them to be a, a 9 out of 10, you better be 10 or an 11 out of 10. So, so if you've got a bunch of sixes, it's probably because you're seven. And that's why if you don't become absolute best at your calendar, at your to-do list, at working out before work, uh, you know, having some kind of a hobby, good family, good relationships, you're going to replicate unfortunate thing that you are, right? So if you have all those things, now you can start working on finding the right people. So after about for a year to two years, even though we talk about the 10,000 hours, often in business, you can put 10,000 hours the first two years. That's how much time you spend yeah, on business, right? For sure. So, <laughs> yep. so I, I, when I started hiring, and I was, again, I did this incidentally, Gabe. I started hiring people that I was comfortable with, right? So when I hear somebody who was a little bit overweight or maybe somebody who didn't have any fitness goals or maybe it was somebody, you know, believed in working, but they didn't, have a, they didn't see a future of becoming a millionaire or becoming something in life, I wouldn't hire them because I wasn't comfortable around that person, right? Versus my friend's dad was an accountant, might have, because he just needed somebody desperately. He would have given him a job offer and complained about how mediocre that employee is. So I was comfortable about hiring people that the guy runs marathons, because I do. The guy would, uh, he's like, I love showing to come into work early. I'm positive. I'm driven. So I came up with a good hiring process, which is another an hour talk we can do, Gabe. But um, so <laughs> first phase of the business, the first two years becomes so good that when you replicate yourself as a blessing, not a curse. By year three, you want to have a group of people that are handling your clients. Because about year three, if you work hard enough, you really don't work for money as much. You're working actually for balance. And you're starting to get less satisfaction from signing up new clients and taking money from them. And you start getting more satisfaction by hiring people and motivating them. And this is true for every single business I've ever seen. By year five, if your business is doing good, you're going to be so overwhelmed with clients. Like right now, Gabe, I have to cut out all my marketing because we're getting such a wave of referrals that we are just not keeping up with incoming traffic. I mean, our production numbers have like almost doubled compared to a couple of years ago, even though a couple of years ago we were setting records. And the reason why that's happening is because I found my uh, next passion in the business, which is just purely managing a team, making sure I do my team meetings, my one-on-ones, and for one-on-ones, I you know, take my people who report to me on walks. And those are the things that I'm enjoying. I don't find joy speaking to clients anymore whatsoever. I find joy in motivating and talking to my team about clients, not to clients. So by year five, a good functioning business, money is not a problem. At this point, you want to work for just certain things that keep you motivated and happy so you can keep your team motivated and happy. So year five, you want to be able to have a manager that can run your other team members that run the other team members, right? So you want to have kind of a pyramid uh, set up in the office where instead of having everybody report to you, you've got few executives. And at this point, it becomes a joyous business where you can work on the business. You can be in the office 10, 15 hours a week, go play golf. But I'm not a comfortable person to go chill on my downtime. 
I, I now I train for marathons. Now I have a family. I have a one-year-old, three-year-old. And in my book, I talk about the success factor being the four Fs. First F is family. Second F is your fitness. Your health is very important. Third F is finances. And last F is friendship. Because no matter how busy you are, you should always have time for a couple of beers with a buddy. Right? The unproductive conversation sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Not everything should be perfect. <laughs> so the supreme to sum up my five-year-old game, become the best you can be. Replicate yourself. Get yourself a manager. And by year five, you've got yourself a successful business that will never go backwards. And, and I'm in year seven right now. For the last two years, I've been enjoying the 50-year high. And maybe, I don't know, I'll come up with a seven, eight-year rule, but I don't have that yet. So I'm still working on the next <laughs> That's brilliant. That's excellent, man. And I, I like how you kind of broke it down and also just made it really simple to understand. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think in order to really be successful, you know, you have to you have to work hard in the beginning and then you have to work smart and then you have to kind of move into that new leadership role. Um, and I've experienced that myself, you know, over the years as well. And putting your 10,000 hours in is, is key. Like you said, if you can't get good at what you're supposed to be doing, then, you know, you have no business hiring anybody else and you're not going to attract customers that are happy with you and you're, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, but then, yeah, the, the shifting to team building and, and growing the team, it's a brand new challenge and it's a nice, it's, it's exciting and it's a great part of business. And then, yeah, the ultimate, um, the ultimate point you want to get to is, you know, having, having great man and, you know, a great manager or managers to run the business for you. Cause that means you've really succeeded at, at every level of the business. And that's mm-hmm. really, really excited yeah. to, to hear that you've done that and, and done it so effectively. Um, and also I think, you know, for me, I, you know, I was, I was born here, I was born in the States, you know, and, and grew up here, but I, you know, in some similar ways, you know, my, my family was dirt poor and we, you know, lived in a, lived in a house for free because we were caretakers for a really wealthy, um, guy that, you know, owned the house. And we were, you know, I understand kind of the starting from nothing, uh, you know, approach at some levels, but not, not anywhere near, you know, what, what you encounter just really, you know, being separated from your family and, and just having to watch your dad, you know, struggle. I cannot imagine how, what that would be like, but, it's always encouraging to me to hear a story like yours where, you know, you didn't care or, or, you know, really didn't let that kind of, you know, what other people would consider a setback, you know, you didn't consider that a setback. You, you know, just decided to go for it and make it happen. And, and with hard work and with the, with a wise strategy, like you've learned by modeling your mentors and reaching out and asking questions all the time, you know, I really believe that anybody can achieve huge levels of success, you know, and that's just really cool to hear your story. So. Thanks, Kevin. You know, one thing to add to that is often, um, uh, I've had people say, you know what, but you know, if I had the life lessons you did, hike, I would have probably been more motivated. And often I, I say, this because I have mentors who were born in wealthy families who've done very well their whole life. They have no reason to be motivated, but they're more motivated than I am. So it's not necessarily I'm going to wait for certain conditions in life to take life more seriously and work harder. They're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm literally waiting for this thing that I don't know what I'm waiting for in order to be more serious and more hardworking. And they're actually waiting for this thing around the corner in a circular room, which will never come. And that's why I, I tell people, you know, your mindset always comes before conditions. Conditions do not come before the mindset. If you're waiting for the next thing, which you don't even know what it is, in order for you to start working hard, in order for you to start going above and beyond, that thing, you just created a habit of always doing less than what you're supposed to do. That's yeah. why you don't have the foreigner story or, or whatever your past story that got you there. So I know plenty of people who don't have a story, but they're 10 times more successful. I am, and I strive to be like them. 
Yeah, man, what a great point. Yeah, it's definitely your decision of if you're going to go forward and make make your life all it could be or if you're going to sit back and be mediocre, that's for sure. <laughs> Personal choice. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm very excited to hear that you, that you have a, a book coming out, and um, this has been really valuable, and I appreciate the time, Ike. Um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to work with you or if they want coaching or any type of input from you? Um, how can they re- get a hold of you? Uh, at this um, moment, best way is probably email. Uh, phone calls are just too crazy at the moment, but if somebody sends me an email, they want some coaching or they want to connect with me, I usually try to get back to them within two business days. Uh, and the email is just my first name, last name at iCloud.com. Um, at iCloud.com. And if it's something you want to share on, if there's a site or something, uh, Gabe, feel free. Okay, terrific. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll just uh, include that in the show notes um, so that if people want to reach out to you, they can. And uh, thanks again, Hike. I really appreciate all the time and input and just your wisdom that you shared with me and, and then the entire audience. And I'll definitely like to have you on again next year after the book comes out so we can talk about that as well. Pleasure. Sounds great. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate your time. You've been listening to Today's Business Leaders with Gabe Arnold. Remember to subscribe on iTunes. For more information, visit todaysbusinessleaders.com.